Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alter Tapes from the Anatomy of a Scream podcast network. I'm Brother Ghoulish, and I'm joined with... Jamie of Bloody Broads Pod. And we are talking about Arachne, a movie that was directed by Gabrielle Popoff and written by Gene Nolan. Here's the description and logline. An isolated house, sorry, in an, an isolated house, a supernatural phenomenon disturbs the mental balance of a mother worried about her son so yeah i guess we can just jump right in right i mean how did you first thoughts about this film like when you first watched it what was kind of and i can uh, listen i'll start okay okay because i have I, so many thoughts oh, right me too me too like <laughs> i felt like um first of all because of the name arachne and because of that thumbnail i'm thinking okay we're definitely going to get like some body horror like there's there's going to be some type of like you know, she's going to go through some type of t uh, transformation. And mm -hmm. I was surprised to see that she was like a mother and she was queer, which I thought was really awesome. And as the story unfolded, it went in a direction that I wasn't anticipating. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, we should say the title like it sounds in French, which is like, Arachna. <laughs> like, I don't have like, the good French that. accent. I don't have the good French accent. I don't speak French. I only speak like romance languages, you know, Spanish, Italian. But um, maybe it's Arachne because the accent mark. Either way, listen, uh, Gabrielle Popoff popped off with this. <laughs> I wish that was my last <laughs> name. I'm sure it's pronounced Popov, like the... Um, 
you know, more European way to say it, but I love it. Um, I also love the writer's work. So Gabrielle that directed it and was the director of photography also works for Balmain in Paris. Oh. Right? I was like, what a flex. Like that explains why um aesthetically it looks so pleasing as well because they have that care for attention because this is a very like production wise beautiful short this is gorgeous i i asked sheree this last time we covered a short but i'm gonna ask you too would you watch a feature length of this because i would i would i, I would like to see the characterizations especially around like emily and um I can't think of the main woman's name, uh, Louise. Like, I'd yeah. actually like to see, like, more about their bond and, and how things unfolded. Yeah, I loved them. I did love that we got a queer couple. Had mixed feelings about the ending, as I'm sure you yeah. did, too, and mm -hmm. we'll get there. Uh, but the reveal of the little boy being made more ill by one of his moms made me ill. It made me sick to my stomach of, like, who could do that to their own child and obviously he's adopted given what his two moms look like and the fact that he has yeah. two mothers right. um but yeah you know what I, i'm quick question just throwing it out there yeah when was your first time like seeing like a child getting sick from their own parent in horror because for me it was the sixth sense and it scared me just as bad the first time seeing it there too i think it's just oh it's so creepy i Y'all can't see my face, but when Ryan asked me that, <laughs> they saw me. My mouth, like my jaw unhinged and gasping shock because I just realized that that's what happens in The Sixth Sense. It's been years since I've watched it. I mean, we're talking since middle school, so like early yeah. to mid-2000s, but probably that. And then, of course, I just think about the real-life case of uh, her name is unfortunately not the best name, but Gypsy Rose, um, her mom, you know, had, um, it's a true crime case. I'm, it's, a, they made like a special yeah. about it on Hulu. But anyways, her mom gives her Munchausen's by proxy. Like she keeps telling people that her daughter has cancer and she actually doesn't. Oh uh, and I feel like that's kind of what's going on with this little boy because, you know, Louise is trying to make this final art piece for the gallery. And then the gallery calls her and is like, hey, can you do what 10 more pieces what do they tell her something like that yeah it was like 25 pieces in four that's, days that is insane like i don't know who's listening that might do actual physical artwork you cannot do that and have any sort of like normal life and you won't have quality either so i say all that to say like lower your standards <laughs> louise's mm -hmm. boss um but I don't know, like, you could just feel the stress rolling off of her. I think she's a phenomenal actress, the woman that plays her. And then, of course, the little boy is like, Mom, you know, do you want to see the picture I drew? Do you want to see this? Do you want to see that? Yeah. And I found it really interesting, you know, watching it again today after I watched it the, the first time when we chose to cover this. Um, it just occurred to me this morning when I rewatched it, maybe you know, she did that on purpose. The other mom whose name I'm blanking out on. Um, um, Emily. Emily. I think she might've done it on purpose to get the child to leave Louise alone. Cause she says, oh, you'll have time to work now. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a good point because I was wondering what her um, motivation was in um, poisoning the child, especially because so often in horror, 
it's usually because they actually are trying to sicken the child or like suppress them. And to think that they're doing it in this short because they're trying to protect their partner is actually an interesting angle. It really, really is. And one other thing I really like about what this short does is um, typically when we see spiders in horror, understandably, because so many people have arachnophobia, they're only seen as one thing. So like a very malevolent force. So you're right. actually getting bitten by something, you might become a monster or you get bit by it and then you die, which is more closer to reality. Yeah. But in this one, this is just like when you think about a Nazi and African spirituality being like neither benevolent or malevolent. It's yes. just, it just is what it is. It's its own, you know, and it impacts your world in the way that you utilize it. Like yes. her getting those heightened senses and knowing something ain't right with my baby. I'm like, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> well, as soon as, I'm so glad you said a Nazi because that's who I was thinking of this whole time because even in like more Germanic folklore, spiders yeah. represent literally like wealth and then like things that you want getting caught, you know, quote unquote, caught in your web. Nice. So she's manifesting this like heightened sense of being a better mother in the midst of her being worried about not being a good mom because she has to focus on work. And I think too, you know, I don't have children. I'm not going to have children, but I know so many people who do that are women or gender fluid and they worry about, you know, there's that stigma of, well, if she's a hardworking mother, she's, or if she's a hardworking, you know, person at work, she's not a good mother or vice versa. If she's a good mother, she's not good work. And we could get deep into like, who even cares about being a the best worker ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. But like, I'm so glad you brought up Anansi and you're way more uh, knowledgeable on that deity than I am, but I'm upset. Like, uh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I think it's just like, when I see stuff like this, there's always that opportunity, but um, when it doesn't go down that road, I mean, I love me a good eight-legged freaks if something like that does happen. Oh, but, but... <laughs> my God. Okay, if you're listening to this and you have not seen eight-legged freaks, please go mm. watch it because that made me, for days after, it made me feel like my skin was still crawling. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm not even afraid. <laughs> I'm not even, like, afraid of not just spiders, but bugs in general. Like, even when the cicadas came in Maryland, I used oh. to catch them and I just... I don't know. Oh. But like those movies, it does it to me. It does make me nervous because if you see a, a spider the size of a tank, like what what rate is going to work out. on this? Yeah, I would pass out. And hers is like tiny. And even then, mm -hmm. we don't actually see the spider. We see a you know cartoon drawing that the little boy does, and then yeah. she kind of like draws her finger back, and she's like, "Oh, I've gotten bit by something." <laughs> I was worried they were going to take this in the direction, like you said, of her either dying or becoming some kind of malevolent force. And I'm so glad they didn't. Yeah, the subversion was very refreshing, especially for the length of this, because it being like roughly 15 minutes, I think yeah. it worked. If it had been any shorter, um, I think it would have got lost in the sauce, like the subversion. But if, like you said, they had did like a feature length, that would have been even better. <laughs> I, listen, if... Uh, Gabrielle or Jean listens to this. We want a feature length. You should make it. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Please. And I have a question for you also, because okay. um, I like something you said about, obviously, because she is a creator and she is manifesting. Um, and so she kind of shares parallels with the spider. So do you think yes. it's actually intentional that the work that she's doing at the beginning actually looks like she's building a web of sorts? 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that was in my notes. So I am so glad that you brought it up first because when she's working with that fiber, she's doing like texture art, you know, and there's this web literally of these crisscross fibers and it sets such a striking visual tone in the first, what, 30 seconds of the movie. Mm -hmm. Do you know that there are major blockbuster studio films out that cannot manage to do that in the first 30 minutes, much less 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> Or the first 30 sequels. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to chill. You said I, it, not me. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt some parallels between the way that they did um, kind of like the creator situation and also obviously hmm. like the new Candyman. Um, especially because like she's being in a similar way that Anthony's character was in the new Candyman, she's being told by a gatekeeper how to create her art. Like, and in this case, it's more frequency based. They want her to spit out this wide bulk of stuff in a very short frame of time. And like you said, it will not be of quality and of no fault of her own. It's just yeah. how the, even Emily's response, I felt was very appropriate to say, we need to see what we can do to maybe buy you some more time because yeah. this is unreasonable. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think it, I think it really speaks to the idea that as a parent, you can get really desperate to provide for your child, but you can also get really desperate to hang on to something that's still your, like a piece of you, that's still your personality outside of your child. Because especially with mothers in America, it becomes their whole, I mean, it has to become your whole personality. You know, everyone asks, oh, how are the kids before they ask how you're doing? And this is in France. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, all the major differences, but I do know in most European countries, even though they have more, you know, parental leave in general, it's just, it's really tough when your whole world has to revolve around this human who, you know, relies on you for all their needs until they're self-sufficient. And I think too, when you drew that parallel to Candyman, you got another gasp from me because again, it's a self-sacrificial idea of like we give and we give and we give and we create and create and create. But for what, you know, for why, for what yeah. reason? Um, it's a gross cycle, I think, of burnout and then not quite recovering all the way, but still trying to create yeah. that now that you've, you know, mentally paired that up for me, I would love to see this in a Candyman 2020, 2021 double feature. 
and a discussion. And I really hope people who are listening go watch these two back to back and then tell us about it. <laughs> I would live for that too. I would live. Um, there was another point I wanted to, I mean, obviously our list is long, but there, there are yes. things, but, but there was one Our notes are like multiple pages long, y'all. Right, Oops. for this uh, 15 minutes short, please get us together. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's because it was layered. So there were so many things happening at the same time that really added to it. But Absolutely. Here's another question that I have. Um, what do we say about Emily not actually getting support from Luis, do you think that this existed? Because, and I'll let you know what I feel first. Like, I yeah. feel that, of course, what Emily did was unforgivable. You don't ever do what she did to a child. But these characters are very nuanced because I actually feel like Luis didn't do a good job at facilitating a growth between these two people. And I think they show it very lightly in the beginning where um, Luis is obviously coming into the room and she's not backing up what Emily is saying to Alex. And even when Emily contributes um, by, I don't remember what she gave um, them, like bandages, that's right. Yeah. And um, instead of saying thank you to Emily, the child actually thanked Luis. Yeah. So it's interesting, but I don't know if that's because children also have stronger senses. And so the child whose name is Alex didn't trust Emily in the first place. Like, I don't know which way it's going. Like, what do you feel? Well, and we haven't mentioned it yet, but Emily is black. She's not white like Louise and their child who's, like I said, clearly adopted <laughs> is a is white little boy. And so at, at first I didn't get that they were partners. And I was like, is Same. this his nanny? Like what's going right. on? And it made me really uncomfortable because I was like, oh, is, is that just my own, you know, bias coming out? Like my own shortcoming in that area. But I was like, Hold on, they because they haven't touched each other. They haven't done anything that would lead us to believe they were romantic. I mean, honestly, if it was two white characters, I would have been like, "Oh, is it are these sisters? Like, what's the deal with this? You know, cousin and aunt, whatever." But to me, that shows that the filmmakers did a great job of normalizing a queer relationship, which is phenomenal. Lo we love to see it. Um, but yeah, I I think Alex had this sort of sixth sense. <laughs> but I'm going on about, <laughs> about, you know, maybe this person isn't safe for me. And I totally agree with you that children, children know when someone isn't kosher. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. yep. they I just have a that. gut sense that it is so much stronger than adults because when we get to adulthood, we're trying to be polite yep. and kids are just like, I'm not hugging him. <laughs> I'm happy you use that example because a lot of um, the parents who are in my life now, they actually blew my mind with hugging specifically. They tell their kids, like, if you're uncomfortable hugging anybody, even like an uncle or an aunt, right? Um, you have a right to tell them no, and I'll back you up on it. And yes. I think it's like you said, like, we're brought up in so much pleasantry and like, you know, kids are to be um, seen, not heard. And right. you're just supposed to conform. When in reality, we do need to empower our children and let them know that like, it's okay to set boundaries. And then it gets more comfortable for them to do that as they become adults. Exactly. I mean, listen, consent starts with the moment they can, you know, speak for themselves pretty much. Um, the moment they can say yes or no, you know, to me, you should be teaching your child some form of consent. I know yes. a lot of people's hackles get raised with that word, but it's truly what you said. Just, it's as simple as saying, you know, 
Do you want to hug someone? Do you want to sit next to them? Um, but I don't know, like, and this is just my perception. I didn't quite understand the first watch what was even happening with Emily and Alex yeah. right there at the end because it's such a quick shot and there are so many moments in the movie like this I know it's because it's a short and they're trying to squeeze everything in in 15 minutes but I didn't even see the needle at first like I was like hold on what was she doing to him because yeah. my mind went all over the place I was like was she like abusing him what was going on and yes she does medically abuse him but I thought she was physically abusing him at first um I don't know I maybe that's just me being a little like you know ADHD but I was like hold on roll it back like what's going on I, I it was similar for me not just with that but there were just a few elements I think that slipped by um and I think it's because the filmmakers have done a great job doing like showing versus telling so like it's mm. easy to just kind of like miss it and so i did have to slow it down and just like rewatch it a couple times before we talked about it but the needle i don't know why something about the imagery around the end of this was just so just effective like the lighting the way that they differentiated between um when she was hallucinating or not with the red lighting and yes. oh my god it was just it was so beautiful. And I feel like even when I was like scrolling through the comments, a lot of people were talking about how this um, short held their attention and how beautiful it really was. And then I, there was one comment that had me screaming. I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but they said something like, oh, that would be me. Like my spider senses would be, or so I'm like- Tingling, I saw that one too. Like, oh my God, please. <laughs> They, they were like need the spider bite, like <laughs> yeah. They, they were like my uh, my sixth sense, my spider sense would be tingling. That killed me. Oh my god! I can't take it. The only thing I asked for from this short, um, I just I have to say it. Um, I just wish that the representation had been a little bit better. But I know right. it's, it's it's hard because it's a short staff. You know, there's only three characters. They wanted an interracial couple, so I get it. So, but still, like, dang, man. At they least did, give them a did. mixed kid. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's true. That would have fixed everything. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Because she's, okay, she's a darker-skinned Black woman. Yeah. And it's not like France has this great track record of... <laughs> listen am i wrong like, no no <laughs> i was just like what is going on here um so i'm glad you also had that moment because i was like mm. yeah i felt it, it is it's you know i could still say that like and i think it's mutual like we both still love the short but it's still like hmm that's the one thing but um I don't know. Like, okay, what else do we need to talk about in this? Like, let me scroll through my notes. Are we forgetting anything? Like, I think the... you. Oh, no, go ahead. I mean, you covered all of my notes. I was looking at mine and you covered everything I was going to say. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. So I guess we're time. It's time enough for ratings. Um, oh, yes. In the spirit of homies of horror, um, we, we got to think of some type of mechanism to measure this up against. But I, uh... let's do uh, out of eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. So out of eight, out of eight legs, I would give it maybe like a, a, a six and a half, seven. Like, I swear to God, I was going to say six and a half. <laughs> it's right there because it's so good. It's visually striking. There are layers. I want to see these 
not just more of these characters if they do, if they do feature length, but these actors, yeah, I think they did a great job. So yeah, even the child actor, whoever played Alex, he was phenomenal. Um, I completely agree. Six and a half out of eight legs. <laughs> um, I think you and I both were again. We just were a little confused at the beginning. Um, and I mean, well done to the whole cast and crew and the you know filmmakers involved with this. We both want to see a feature length of this. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully, you guys want to revisit it because we certainly do. And that's my closing thought is that this is so close to perfect. It's the only time I've been like, oh, I wish it was a little longer. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I feel like I feel like they might. It feels like this team has something special. They really do, like in terms of their storytelling abilities and they it held my attention which is hard to do for something that has like a slower pace like this yes but it was very inventive i like what they did to subvert a lot of the stuff that we're used to seeing in horror so it was fun um all right so where can people find you and then i'll do my split you know mine takes like 20 minutes here, so. no <laughs> i'll be doing a lot it's okay well uh if anyone wants to tune in, we are at Bloody Broads Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we're, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast. I mean, any of the stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not what it's called, but the last one. Um, <laughs> and I am at Glitter Burrito on Twitter. And uh, Ryan, where can people find you? So, no, um, you can find me at Brother Ghoulish on all social media, um, especially TikTok. Um, you can go to www.brotherghoulish.com to see all of the podcasts that I'm on, um, primarily Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, where I do talk about the genre. And you can also see my book, There's Something Wrong in Warrington County, which should be out by the time this episode is out. So, yes. Is it? I'm so excited. Because <laughs> I, think, I think this comes out with this episode, what? It comes out in November, right? Is that right? I don't know it comes out in October. Okay, yeah, it'll be out in October. So, it, listen, if you're listening to this, it's not out. Don't call me a liar, but the book will be out in October, somewhere yes. mid October. So, keep an eye out. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good one. Bye. Squad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.